Fading Memories is sponsored by I'm Up. I'm Up is an app that gives you independence, security, and peace of mind. Find it in your favorite app store and use invite code 006 when you sign up. Welcome to Fading Memories, a supportive podcast for those of us caring for a loved one with memory loss. For the last month or so, you've heard the promos for the I'm Up app. It's a fantastic app for seniors who want to remain independent while also having the security of a watchful eye, so to speak. Today, I'm bringing you the story behind the app, the story of how I'm Up was born. Hey, Jennifer. How are you doing? Good. So, Dave, this is Jennifer. She's the one I've been talking to. I told you she does an Alzheimer's podcast. So she wanted to just get us on air. I wanted to first talk to you about your journey with your wife and then how that led you to creating the um, I'm Up app. Sure, sure. Uh, well, like, you know, it was obviously very traumatic. She uh, she left our home September of 2012 and ultimately passed September 2016. I We were, or I'm in a four-level home, and I elected to stay there after Paula went to the memory care center. And ultimately, that turned out to be a bad decision, uh, August of 2017, I fell from one level to the other and knocked myself out. It was a, you know, pretty serious accident. And it occurred to me the next day that um, if I didn't wake up, you know, there'd be a problem. You know, my dogs are locked in the house, locked in a crate. And I didn't uh, care for the, uh, the idea of, you know, something happening to them. I knew I would never ask my neighbors to check on me at the same time every day and make sure my dogs are out. I knew that I would never ask my friends to call me at exactly the same time every day. And I also knew that my four kids who are professionals certainly were not going to check on me every day. (laughs) And I said, there should be a way that you can check in with the world, check in with an emergency contact. And if you do, they know at that time that everything is okay. And uh, the benefit, the real use for that, I mean, I'm a baby boomer. I'm uh, 68 years of age. My kids are uh, uh, late 30s, uh, early 40s. But the benefit is they're busy. They're all professionals. It's easy for them when, when that text message comes to them saying that I've checked in, I'm up, and everything's okay. They don't have to call me and get involved in a long-winded conversation, (laughs) which is, you know, they're trying to get to work. I mean, that's a benefit to them. It is an automated system that has now reversed the process. Instead of them having to sit around in the office worrying about, I need to call dad, I need to call mom, they know that more than likely everything's okay because he checked in this morning. And, uh, And, of course, obviously at this point, Jennifer, you've probably pulled up our website and looked at the app. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've made it very simple. The red checker looking thing goes green and in my emergency contact knows that I'm up and running. And, uh, that's kind of the abbreviated story of I'm up. That's how it, it came to be. Uh, uh, several factors, but the na- main thing that pushed me over the line was that bad accident. And it always seems like a crisis that spurs a change. At least yours spurred a change that benefits many people. 
hopefully millions soon. Yeah, I've had uh, I've had so many so many positive comments. I'm an old salesman from way back, and and I've pitched this thing hard for a year and a half, and and I have yet to have anybody look at me and go, "Well, that's a dumb idea." I do have a lot of people look at me and go, "That's a marvelous idea." And what people will do, they'll start telling you all the people in their family or friends that needs this. Exactly. And yeah, it's just a question of time and getting it out. And uh, uh, I hope you, I, I have picked up on the fact that uh, the three check-in times that's available to a person, the multiple emergency contacts, I did that because of my experience with being a caregiver. Uh, I was fortunate being an insurance guy, I had a great long-term care policy. But of all the people in that home, there was nine people that had an insurance policy. Most people don't. My point is that allowed me to have some respite and, you know, get away from this situation a little bit. But Which is important. Take, yeah, you take that screen the way it's set up. If you read about the subject, 58% of the caregivers in the, in the world are ladies. And they're just in there 24-7 in a, such a tense situation. That check-in availability of three times a day, if you think about how it would actually work, would allow a caregiver to hand this responsibility off to somebody else for a couple of days, three or four days, whatever, and let them get out and kind of recharge. It would allow someone to go out to dinner. If dad's checking in at seven o'clock, he's still mentally okay. As long as I get that check in, I'm okay. I can stay out with my friend. We can go to a movie. And my point is that it was all set up to give someone the opportunity to take a break. Uh, do you agree with what I've just said? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It just, uh, it's more than just one check in. It's on the, it's on the premium version, but I was just pointing out why that is set up that way. You don't have to choose three check in times, but it certainly is available. I think at least two is maybe ideal because if you had fallen in the morning after you checked in, it could have been 24 hours before you didn't check in and that could have been crucial. Um, you know, and depending on someone's cognitive level, they might need three just so that you're reassured that, you know, They've eaten or they've, you know, they're, they're doing what they need to do. Well, what I had in mind on the three check-ins is a more intense situation. If they're still okay cognitive functioning-wise, you know, you can get by with one or two. But as this thing, I mean, as you know, it's just a process. And as you go down the path of this long, horrible process, things change. And mm -hmm. you, could, you could have a situation where that would be helpful. But, but it's, the way it's set up, it's, it's just it's there for someone that realizes, hey, this is how I can use this in a situation. You've got one person, let's say three or four kids, you've got one that's kind of responsible for taking care of everything. With the multiple uh, emergency contacts, this allows a person to hand that off to brother and sister. Uh, let, you know, let me take a, and have a break. So maybe a maybe – a, too much of an explanation or all that but that to me is it's a big benefit it's a big benefit no i think that sounds terrific and um do you want to tell me a little bit more about your wife yeah uh, she uh was an amazing person um 
I showed you a picture of her. I mean, you're old enough to know of all about Liz Taylor. She looked like Liz Taylor uh, when she was very young. Uh, had a very high IQ. She taught Romeo and Juliet and the Queen's English to ninth graders for like 38 years. Uh, you, you teach a you teach a Shakespearean play to anyone, you know that's that's pretty heady stuff. Uh, I, I I do remember that Shakespeare and Romeo and Juliet from my first year of high school, which has been a few years ago. <laughs> uh, she used to come in and just crack up the whole family. Paula was an amazing lady. She uh, four children. She turned out a free doctor, a lawyer, uh, an executive uh, with a fundraising organization in Oklahoma City. Um, yeah, she she was just a remarkable person. Worked hard at good friendships. She had a lot of good friends. And, uh, you know, I, I'm a Vietnam veteran. I hope, hope I can say this respectfully, but I, I know I suffer a little bit of PTSD. Because of get what I went through, I will never forget what she went through. And uh, yeah, it's it was it's obviously a very traumatic experience. Yes. Well, you'll be you'll appreciate this. My well, my husband and I are third generation Rotarians, and we do a charity bicycle ride every April uh, for veterans suffering from PTSD. There was a home okay. in, in Yauntville where it was a live-in care program. Um, I don't know if you recall last March, there was an unfortunate shooting there. And the program has been disbanded, but they're training people from the VA to do what they were doing because their success rate was 92%. So we're... My father was a, a Marine for four years. And I do uh, remember that. Yeah, so. Um, well, I, uh, you know, I, I was, I was uh, on the Gulf of Tonkin, you know, the, uh, the war zone waters. But I'm not going to tell anybody that I was in country, you know, uh, with a gun and, and shooting somebody. That's not the case. When I talk about PTSD, I'm just talking about it was a very traumatic experience because you don't just deal with your loved one. You deal with the whole facility. Mm -hmm. You deal with all of these people. They come up to you. They think you're the brother. You're the husband. You're the you're the teacher. You're the police officer. Whatever. <laughs> you get to know all of them. Yeah, you get to know all of them better than you probably want to know. And the internet is going to mess with us again. Dave, <laughs> <laughs> can you hear us? Yes, I'm giving you the. Uh, the, the main bullet points of the whole program and kind of what happened and um, that you are all about. I mean, if you're reading about and working in the Alzheimer's, um, it's just very traumatic. And um, my hope for this whole thing is uh, it's a very, very affordable way for a family to monitor someone's well-being uh, but I, the interesting thing that we discovered about this is, you know, if you stop and just kind of think about what I'm saying, it's a relationship building app. And what I mean by that, for four months at 7.30 every morning, I think about my friend Dan because I check in. And he sends me a good morning, sir, or funny little meme or whatever. So you can see how that check-in process 
would bring two people closer together. You're, you're, you're thinking about them more often. And, uh, yeah, I think that's going to be a little sidebar by my, it makes sense. I think it might also help with the isolation that is very common with our seniors, which is very bad for us mentally and physically. So I can see the app helping a little bit in that direction as well. So you were talking about the relationships that you end up with, with the other people in care homes before the internet. Yeah. Went. I, I, you know, I can see a situation that you know, let's say, a, you know, a, a son and a, a parent or a daughter and a parent's not quite as strong a relationship as they should have. It's been too long since they really checked on them and, and uh, really stayed up with their parents. Once you are listed in that phone as an emergency contact, my point is you're thinking about them every day at the same time. And I think if you're thinking about someone more often, you're probably uh, calling them more often, you're going out with them more often. And, and that, that's just kind of what I think will happen. Uh, I mean, you know, good friend, we were friends before I'm up, but, but we literally think about each other every day at 7.30 because of this application. Yeah, and I, as here? I said, I think that helps with alleviating some of the social isolation that a lot of seniors find themselves in especially if you're a caregiver at home with your loved one there can be a lot of isolation and that's not good for us at all it really isn't and if you take if anyone takes the time uh, to, to use the internet to read about the subject of people dying alone it's very eye-opening and uh, that's about all I need to say I don't need to go into all the details people can imagine what that situation is, but it, it's, it's a very bad situation throughout the world. Uh, single households are the predominant household now. It's not, you know, it's not a man, wife, and a couple of kids. It's single households. And uh, it's, it's changed, uh, changed the dynamic out there. Well, how long has the app been out? You said a year and a half? No, we started working on it for almost a, a year and a half. The app's been out only, f been live since December 4th. Oh, wow. Yeah. So a month. Mm-hmm. Pretty much a month. We've had about uh, close to 150 downloads. That's great. Yeah. We run a really good, uh, um, basically a digital marketing campaign to promote the ad and its benefits. So it's been good thus far. Well, it's definitely a necessity. And I think it's a very, was a very smart solution to a, not, I don't want to say, it's not a complicated problem, but it, it's a situation that can become complicated if you don't handle it by checking in. And I'm sure it reduces stress for everybody, which is also important for our health. Oh, yes. I agree. Well, I I think people that, you know, I mean, the sons and daughters care about their parents and friends care about the older people. It's just a situation this world can get us all going pretty fast and be very busy. I think it's a great feeling. It's a, it's a peace of mind to know that, hey, this moment I've connected with them. I know we did it through an automated system, but when she gets off of work or he gets off of work, we'll have more time and we'll talk. 
But for now, with everybody being so busy and going to work, this automated system is is a good deal. So, Definitely. Yeah, that's the way I way I would view the thing. And I think given enough time that this thing will just uh, spread its tentacles and, and more and more people will know about it. I tried to get appointments with the Alzheimer's uh, organization at the top and didn't have any success. I did the Oklahoma City Walk this year and made a couple of contacts. But so far, I haven't been able to sit down and... I am part of our state advocacy group. So I will bring it up with our legislative ambassador, who I think I'll be seeing next week. Need to check the calendar. Sometimes right. I've, I've tried to penetrate the Alzheimer's Association myself because they have so much, um, so many resources and things. And I thought, well, you know, they, sh- they should just tag me in on that. And they're very close. They're very, they want to keep um, their message. They want to control it, which is it's important. I understand that. Yeah. So, yeah. They very much do. You can't even call. An Oklahoma City organization, you as you know, you get corporate. And, oh uh, yeah. well, I I snuck in the side door. <laughs> um, the legislative ambassador frequently attends the Alzheimer's caregiver support group that I'm a part of, and I got to know her, and I wanted to know her story and the importance of advocacy as I started the podcast. So I did an interview with her. And at the time, my husband was running for city council in our, our city. And so I said, I can't commit to anything until January 19. Well, I am going to the state advocacy day next month. Uh, I'm going to meetings and open houses with politicians. My husband did not win city council. And I have this fear that I'm going to end up in the political realm. And I don't know that I want to do that. But we'll see where it goes. The, where, I, uh, where do you live, Jennifer? I'm in the San Francisco Bay Area, so I'm not far from Silicon Valley. Um, gotcha, gotcha. Well, if you uh, if you can pop on over to Silicon Valley and put out the good word, we'd appreciate it. I could try. Never know. I do have friends that have friends at Facebook. Because I've learned also that Facebook does not like ads that say Alzheimer's or dementia prominently. They think it's bullying or a HEPA violation. And he's working on that with his friends with me. Yeah, I learned that doing my own ads and then the digital marketing person for the Northern California, Northern Nevada chapter of the Alzheimer's Association said she had run into the same issues. Do you have anything you want to add, Deepak? Mm, I don't think so. I think we've covered most of the stuff I wanted to cover, especially with the uh, application. There are a couple of other features that I'd actually mentioned to you on my email. Two things we didn't really touch upon was that there is actually a section of the application that is for pet care. Because a lot of times people, once something happens to somebody, nobody knows how to take care of their pets or who it goes to, and all of that. So in the app, you can actually take a picture of your pet and have that saved. Also state a secondary owner. If the pet has any allergies or anything, you can also make a note of that. And depending on who you've assigned it to, if in the event of something 
happening, we just get in touch with that person and let them know that you have left their your dog, cat, or whatever pet <laughs> to them. And finally, the other thing is actually an estate directory, which is something we, uh, it's actually something that's from the financial planning world. It, it actually uh, is a list of things, uh, important people, like who is your investment advisor, who is your, uh, who holds your insurance policy, your physicians, all of that. So it's like a one-stop shop to basically get all of your affairs in order. And you assign one single person on that list and they get this list in case something happens to you so that they're able to take care of all of your affairs. So those are the other two things I wanted to touch upon. Go ahead, Dave. One of the things I would add to the estate planning feature, and and, uh, forgive me for not talking about the pet uh, registration, that was a big deal. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, in, in terms of this whole thing, but I think that's due to the fact I'm cutting in and out. But uh, I had experience where a good friend of mine found out about Paula dying six months after after her funeral, and he goes, "I'm so sorry, you know, that I didn't get to attend." And I said, "Well, Alan, I'm sorry for for not making you aware of it." One of the things you can do with that estate planning directory, you can list who should be contacted in the event of your disability or your death. In other words, people that are very important to you. People cannot get into your iPhone and know who you want contacted in the event of your death. Uh, you know, personally, I want a good showing at my funeral. I want everybody contacted. And uh, y'all can laugh now. I assume you didn't hear me. No, we did. Um, <laughs> we had, so, when my father passed away almost two years ago, Fortunately, by being Rotarians, him being a Rotarian, we kind of had a, an inner circle that could help spread the word. But there were wow. a couple people that I'm not sure how they found out. And I felt, I felt badly that it was like, oh, yeah, I meant to call you and love too much stuff going on. And I'm glad you made it anyway. And nobody needs that right. kind of feeling the day that they're memorializing a family member. Yeah, yeah, you, sure. And, and I felt horrible. I'd known Alan for 15 years, and uh, I, I left that company and went to another, and we kind of separated a little bit. But, I, you know, I felt bad when he called me, and and uh, it was just simply a deal of, you know, it got past me. And if yeah, I'd there's have, a lot going on when somebody passes on. Yeah, you bet. And uh, so much of the time, planning will uh, will eliminate a lot of problems, but uh, spending 30-something years in that world, I can tell you a lot of people uh, are not good planners. <laughs> so, uh, Yeah, I'm aware of that. I'm a planner. Thank goodness my dad was very organized and, and planned well because there were still big things that were missed, but thankfully he did planning so well that my sister and I escaped a lot of nightmares that I've heard from other people. Yeah, the, the stories I could tell in my, my career, uh, it, it is a mess when people don't take care of business. So, But, um, well, uh, have we hit all the, uh, the major points for you? I think we have. So, well, it was so nice chatting with you today, off and on, as the signal allowed. <laughs> and uh, appreciate the opportunity to, to go on your podcast. Well, thank you so much for making the time this morning or this afternoon for you guys. <laughs> okay. Okay, guys. Well, I'm going to hop off. All righty. Bye-bye. Thank you so much, Jennifer.
you edit this, you just keep in mind I said some brilliant things. <laughs> you don't, you don't, you only heard about thirty percent of it. So. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to Fading Memories. And as always, I'll be in your ears again next Tuesday. If you enjoyed this episode and found it helpful, please take a moment and give us a positive rating and review. Ratings and reviews are how new listeners find us, and they can't be a supportive podcast if people don't know I exist. <laughs>